Thanks for tuning in to Mysteries of the Mind, a podcast revealing the way our unconscious minds shape our lives. And now, here's your host, Dr. Michael Bader. Everybody in our culture is aware of, and most people dislike, I think, the commercialization of Christmas. Beginning on Black Friday and continuing at least through New Year's Day, the capitalist marketplace goes into a frenzy bombarding us with advertising, and pushing Christmas cheer as a way to sell commodities. Our consumer appetites are continually stimulated, and the promise of their satisfaction dangled in front of us everywhere we look. These overt and subliminal messages are, of course, ultimately quite cynical and corrupt, but few of us are immune to them. In 2013, Saturday Night Live captured the grim underpinnings of the holiday with a skit featuring a faux commercial for something like KTEL Records promoting an album called Dysfunctional Family Christmas, featuring songs like Can't You Let It Drop, It's Christmas, What I Want You Can't Buy Me, or The Almost Perfect Christmas, or I've got my drinking under control for the holidays. And finally, let's pretend we like each other. The commercialization of Christmas is something that everyone has to either endure or find some way to resist in order to make it meaningful. Some people succeed at doing so, but most, I'm afraid, do not. The suffering caused by the commercialization of Christmas is well known and has been the subject of cultural criticism for decades. There is a more personal psychological dimension, though, that's less well-studied, and that is the emotional logic behind the high incidence of depression that clinicians, at least, see around the Christmas holiday. Every December, I see a marked increase in an underlying sense of agitation and also of feelings of melancholy in my patients, an experience that pretty much all of my colleagues uh, seem to share. The reason, simply put, is that the Christmas holiday rekindles childhood traumas. The child inside the adult suffers at Christmas, and this suffering is expressed in adult life in the form of depression. The heart of the issue is that for most people growing up with the tradition of Christmas, the giving and receiving of presents is emotionally loaded and problematic. On a symbolic level, of course, presents represent love. They represent the ways that one is special, or unfortunately not special, to one's parents. Expectations are raised to impossible heights by our culture. The presents under the tree uh, offer a tantalizing promise of happiness. The holiday tells us that it's acceptable to imagine gratifying our wildest desires. The result being that the degree to which these desires are met readily uh, becomes a measure of how much we're loved and how deserving we are of love. It's a fact of human life, and especially of childhood life, that our most extreme longings for perfect love and understanding are very often not met. And so when this conflict between our, I'll call them our narcissistic wishes, and reality surfaces in such a dramatic way around Christmas, 
the resulting disappointment becomes fuel for the development and exaggeration of certain what I call pathogenic beliefs. For example, for the depressing belief that one is not special or not as special as a sibling or peer. The culture's invitation to let oneself experience forbidden wishes for perfect love, only to frustrate them on the shores of reality, becomes the core of a grim and depressing story about one's self-worth. It's a story of deprivation, of loss, of neglect, and even of rejection. It's a story of sibling rivalry and later of keeping up with the Joneses in terms of material consumption. And when material gifts are equated symbolically with love, then such comparisons evoke feelings of envy and worthlessness. Even the Christian story of the birth of Jesus to a perfect, if asexual, mother can suggest that there's only one special child who gets and has everything. Of course, for those who don't recognize or celebrate Christmas, like many Jews, the seasonal celebration of consumerism all about them is alienating, like it is for all of us. But it's an alienation made worse by the sense that one is excluded from some club, the club of being, well, loved through material gifts. Such exclusion taps into other childhood traumas of non-believers that involve related experiences of exclusion and rejection. So, no one really escapes the emotional Christmas roller coaster. Now, obviously, there are differences between families as to how Christmas gift-giving is handled. But I'd argue that it's exceedingly difficult, if not impossible, in our culture to carve out a fully non-alienated tradition that's completely free of the type of emotional corruption that I'm talking about. And it's in the hope that such a tradition is, in fact, available to you, my listeners, that I wish you the very best on this holiday. So this brings us to the end of my 50th podcast, one that marks the end of 2019. In the podcast, this podcast, Mysteries of the Mind, I've tried to explain complicated psychological dynamics in terms that are understandable by the layperson. I've frequently offered reminders about the formative role of childhood trauma in the development of various kinds of emotional suffering. I've tried to show how we can use these insights, not just to understand ourselves, but to understand, well, Donald Trump and modern-day politics. But most of all, I've tried to help you, my listeners, approach your own inner lives with compassion and curiosity. And I hope, I really hope that I've succeeded in this endeavor. Thanks for listening to Mysteries of the Mind podcast. To learn more about how your unconscious mind really works, please tune in next time. And be sure to visit Dr. Bader's website, at michaelbader.com.